0: Good morning, church. Good morning. Can you hear me? At the, yeah. Good morning to those that are visiting here for the very first time. We welcome you um, to the Haven Campus Church. Um, if you're from the school community, we welcome you as well. Uh, if you're new to church, uh, maybe it's your first time, or maybe you don't even believe in anything you may believe a little bit about God maybe have questions about faith and you're here we want to welcome you as awkward as it is to walk through the church doors we we want you to know that we are trying to build this place where unchurched people love to attend so regardless of what you believe or what you don't believe we just hope that you are able to feel a sense that you can belong to this community of faith a community that loves Jesus Christ and I would want nothing more for you to, to fit in to what we do here on a Saturday morning and what we do during the week. We're going to need our Bibles. So for those that don't have a Bible, um, even if you're new and you've, you're not familiar with a Bible, that's okay. We have some some of these Bibles that you just got to raise your hands and we will bring them to you. Um, To keep your hand nice and high, we will bring a Bible to you. Uh, If you don't know your way around a Bible, that's okay. I'm going to be preaching from the same Bible. I'll call out page numbers and guide you every step of the way. But we only have three verses to look at. Um, So we're going to need our Bibles. I just love having you guys. Whether you flip or slide, it's all good. No judgment here. But we're going to continue on with our Luke series Um, for the rest of the year. We're looking at the Gospel of Luke, just one book. And we're going to have a look to see what he actually investigates and what he finds. And this week we're looking at a a short story known as the Two Builders. Um, But it's a very powerful story because Jesus uses this as an illustration to drive his point home. And so... Although it's only three verses, it is a power pack verse. So, just please keep your hands nice and high. If you need a Bible, this Bible's coming around. Uh, we will bring it to you. For those that have the Bibles that have been handed out, go to Luke chapter six. We're going to begin our reading from verse forty-six, page number eight hundred and twenty-eight. Page number eight hundred and twenty-eight. When you get to that page, you're going to see at the top right-hand column, building on a solid foundation. That's where we're going to begin our reading. But we're not going to begin there. We're just going to talk for a little bit. to so keep your finger on it. And then we will begin. But before we get into the Word of God, just allow me just to, to, to pray. Let's pray. Gracious Father in heaven, Jesus, your amazing Son, and eternal Spirit. Lord, it's your turn. It's your moment to speak to your people. And Lord, I just ask that you rid me of myself and fill me with your wonderful spirit so that you can lead me and guide me and walk before me. And I will follow in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. So the big idea that I want you to go home with, um, if I lose you throughout the sermon, this is the big idea that I want you to take home. Obeying God... Is not legalism I can hear "Mm, mm." That's the sound I make when I'm holding a Big Mac "Mm." (laughs) Obeying God Is not Legalism That's the big idea I want you to take home um, As we move I'm going to dive into that topic As we move along But I just want to talk about the Leaning Tower of Pisa I discovered that the reason why this is leaning is because on one side, it's got good foundation. And on the other side, the foundation is not so good. And so they discovered this early on as they were building the Leaning Tower of Pisa at about this stage, I'm told. But they continue to build on anyway. And the actual person that designed it didn't put their name on it. So they probably knew it was doomed from the very beginning, but they still went ahead and built it the foundation that was laid was 20 by 3 meters deep, so it wasn't really solid, and so on this side, it's not so good foundation, they said, and so it began to lean, and they tried to do so many things to try and um, to save this structure in the early 1990s, and so what they did is they tried to put some anchors down the bottom, some some weights on the other side, Uh, but it got so bad, they actually tried to um, put in liquid nitrogen to try and freeze it, to freeze the foundation at the bottom, but that didn't work. It just made the lean a lot more greater. And so what they did is they closed it off to the, to the public and they put some cables across. To, you know, just to, to hold it up while they try to figure out how, how to sort, uh, sort this problem. And what they ended up doing was they, they decided to get some, some diggers and they dug out a whole heap of the good foundation on this side to try and balance it out. And that's what actually worked, um, to, to keep the structure. So that will be there for years on end for people to appreciate this building. We also have these unit structures in China that they were trying to stay ahead of the game to compensate for the growth in population. And so they built these really nice big 13-story unit blocks right close to the riverbank here. But they miscalculated the foundations. And so as they miscalculated the foundation, one of these big uh, blocks just collapsed. And it claimed one of the lives of the workers. But again, it was so close to this riverbank that they miscalculated the foundation. The foundation wasn't solid. And so therefore, these, these buildings, one is leaning and the other one collapses. And so I just want that to sit in the, in your, in the back of your mind as we read our text. So we're looking at Luke chapter 6, um, starting from 46 down to 49. If you've got it there, give me a mm-hmm. 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 Follow along as I read. So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord? Anytime you see in scripture where it says Lord, Lord, God's saying, listen, watch, hear me, attention. God's grabbing our attention. He says, follow me now. And then listen to what he says. He goes, when you don't do what I say. So God's calling our attention to say, you say that I'm Jesus. You say that I'm the Christ. You say that I'm the savior. But why don't you do what I say? I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It is like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on the solid rock. Everyone say solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. Many scholars say that that, um, the fact that Jesus Christ ends on a negative of the house that stands firm and the house that collapsed, is Jesus really trying to drive his point home. But I just want to draw a contrast between these two houses. you got one house that just listens to Jesus Christ. The other house listens and obeys Jesus' teachings or laws, right? Then you got the other house that was built on shallow foundation. The other house is deep and it's on the rock in terms of foundation. And then you've got the other house that collapses and then the other house that stands firm. But the interesting thing for me is that the storm or the floods hit both houses. It hits both. And in Luke's context, Luke is talking about these floods to represent the trials of life. Only one has the foundation, the right foundation to stand firm when it comes to the trials of life. And that foundation is none other than Jesus Christ. It's not, it's not religion. It's not denomination. It's Jesus. It's got to be Jesus as the foundation. That's what will keep the house standing firm. But the floods hits both houses. And so what that tells us is, regardless if you've got Jesus, regardless if you believe in God, regardless if you've got faith, trials are going to come. Having Jesus doesn't give you a magic portal that protects you from trials. Trials come to whether you believe in God or whether you do not believe in God. That's the reality of life. But in order for us to understand this context, we lose a lot of it in our world. Because when we think about building a house, we've got... We've got these machineries that come in and can dig the foundation. We've got machineries that cut things to size. Machineries that bring stuff to the building site, take off from the building site. However, even though we've got all these machineries, I'm not trying to say that it's an easy thing to build a house. It's still very difficult, I would imagine. Very stressful. We've got some builders here. They would know it better than me. But I would imagine it's still difficult even with all the machineries that we have available to us in the Western world. But let's go back and have a look through an ancient Israel uh, mindset on how they would have heard this story when Jesus was speaking it because it was totally different for them when they were here. When they heard Jesus um, speak these words, Jesus was being so gangster that these people were just like, oh my, did he really say that? Like, really? Did he really point that out? So let's let's go back and see what Jesus was meeting. So if I was to build a house back in uh, ancient Israel, I would build only in the summertime because the summertime provides the dry days. That was the only time I would build. I would never build in the winter because the winter brings rain. So in the summer, right, it is so hot. And they don't have any machineries. And so for them, they got to take a pick and they got to dig the foundations out on this hardened soil. And Leviticus 26 gives us an insight that there's this clay that's like bronze that's hard. And sometimes when they're digging for the foundation, they hit this bronze-like clay, which is hard, and they go, hey, maybe I'll just build on, I'll build on this. Um, and so you could imagine that the guy that's, you know, in the, in the hot summer, he's digging down. But there's, there's a principle in, the, in the ancient Israel when it comes to building. And the principle is this, dig down to the rock. Doesn't matter if it's five feet, doesn't matter if it's 10 feet, 15 feet. The principle is you keep digging till you get to the rock. And so many people in this, you know, at this time, they would have got to this clay-like, you know, bronze-like rock. And then they would have laid their foundation and then they would have built their house. And they would have laid up their walls and they would have felt good about themselves. And then sat back in their wonderful house and just marveled at their work. Oh, there's a message. Brenton brenton (laughs) and so (laughs) brenton's just wrapping me up i just started like (laughs) so they would have built this house the problem is as they were just enjoying it winter would come and the rains would come and the rains would get into that foundation that they laid this house on And that bronze-like clay that was hard, and they thought that was good enough, and they refused to listen to the principle of digging down to the rock, would just turn into chocolate pudding. And so mud brick by mud brick would pop out of these walls until the whole structure would just collapse. So when Jesus is sharing this, these people are hearing it for the very first time, go, oh, I know. They've got a picture of the person that's actually done it in their village, right? They go, oh, I know someone. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know. In fact, Jesus... Him, right there. He did that. He built on that bronze like and his house is Gornsky's, you know. Um, so that's, for them, would have just been mind-blowing and why Jesus was driving this home. But the thing is, the text is focused on obey. Those that There's so many Christians that just hear, but not many Christians can hear and obey. And so there's that tension point. And generally, when we hear obey, we think of Jesus as a dictator. So we don't want to obey God because that, uh, that's, that's not really what he's called me to do. At a time thousands thousands of years before, there was a time when Jesus or God would ask them to bring sacrifice, animal sacrifice. We don't do that now. Um, if you're first time guest, we don't. We really don't do it anymore. Um, but don't worry about the altar we've got at the back. <laughs> now, But we don't we don't do those sacrifices anymore. But God says something really interesting in First Samuel fifteen twenty two, and He says this that. Your obedience is far more better than your sacrifice. God goes, I know I've asked you to give me the sacrifice. I know I've asked you to bring me these sacrifices, but it's really your obedience that I want. So to God, obedience is, is, is a really important thing. And so when we look at this text and we look at God saying, Jesus saying, hey, I don't want you just to listen. I want you to listen and obey. We generally go off to those that have been in the faith for a long time. Oh, he's talking about the law of God. But that would be incorrect because the context of this story is got do not judge others. On the other side, the context is love for your enemies. And then it's got the Beatitudes. And I don't want to depress you today. (laughs) So I'm not going to read the Beatitudes. But there is a sermon coming on the Beatitudes. Um, Side note, me and the sermon team as we're preparing for the series, um, one of our members was like, this Beatitude. Wow. Wow. Hmm. That's Difficult. Bag's not. Right? This person said, Bag's not, I'm not gonna preach this. No. And we cracked up. But as we were reading it, it, it just broke their heart. You know, they were like, Oh man, no, I'm not even like this as a Christian. And when it came to me, say, okay, so who's gonna preach this? That very person said, I'll preach it. You know, and that's Adam Cran. So he's gonna come here and um deliver that message. So I'm not gonna do that for you. I love you too much, no, I'm joking <laughs> So the context of this is obeying is to love like Christ, to love people that cannot love you back, to give people money that cannot afford to repay you. That's what Jesus Christ is calling us, to obey, to to look at the marginalized and be a light or soul in those that are marginalized in our society. Because if we are not dealing with the marginalized in our society, then God will marginalize us as a church. And that's the gospel truth. And so Jesus is saying I need you to not only listen but I need you to obey But I don't want you to think that I hate the law So let me speak into it The pursuit of law, God's law is a good thing I never wake up and pray and hope that Renee will commit adultery Does anyone else do that? Does anyone else wake up and go I just wish my wife would just sleep with someone else Wouldn't that just be an amazing thing? like no one does that right and the law of god says do not commit adultery so that's a that, we all want that so that's a good thing to pursue the pursuit of god's law is a good thing we don't want people to murder we don't want people to steal so the pursuit of god's law is a good thing but there's generally two paths that people pursue god's law the first one is through works and this person pursues god's law to try to earn god's favor And these people are generally easy to detect because these people have got so much uh, sin that they think that they can eradicate from their life before Jesus Christ comes. And that leaves them in a space of shame and guilt. And you can pick them up because then they project that on others. Right? They'll judge you. And generally what they judge is the very thing that they're struggling with. Right? They'll judge someone else's marriage because their marriage is going bad. They'll judge other people's kids because their kids are falling by the wayside. Whatever they're judging is the very thing that they're struggling with. And, so, and I feel sorry for these people. And you already, already, in your mind, you go, mm-hmm, Yeah, I, I, know, I know we got something in our church. Don't look at them. Because <laughs> they're looking at you right now. Just let me give you a moment to breathe. All right, we're good? So they pursue God's law through works. The other path is through faith. This person goes, I am a sinner. Oh man, I'm messed up. I do, I do suffer from unforgiveness. I suffer from anger, oh, adultery. And this person goes, man, this is so bad. And then they hear the word of God and then they read the word of God and there's this holy God That wants to be in the presence of a holy, unholy person. And this person is just mind-blowing. What kind of God would want to be in my presence with the sin and the filth that I have in me? And so this person responds to God's law through faith. Says, I want to keep God's law in a response to his grace. So it's it's two different things. And so... Legalism is the wrong pursuit of God's law or God's teachings. That's what legalism is. And so the big idea for us is obeying God is not legalism. And I want to speak into this. Legalism is the pursuit of God's laws and teachings through works. Obedience is the pursuit of God's law and teachings. (laughs) Now it's Elia. (laughs) The pursuit of God's law through faith Obedience, uh, legalism works on the flesh There's something I can do to appease God Obedience works on the spirit That says God has done everything There's nothing I can do Legalism works on this process of a debt payment that's why these people always have this guilt and shame and they wrestle with it and they judge people, is because they, they always have this sense of, I owe God. What a tough place to be in, huh? Really tough. And then you've got the obedience side that knows that I will accept everything as a gift of God through grace, through faith in Jesus Christ. So obeying God is not legalism, God wants our obedience. Now, Yesterday, I asked my son to um, to go get the clothes off the, the clothesline, um, and he loves. He always wants me to talk about him. So it's okay, His name's Damon. <laughs> uh, every sermon, he always comes up to me and goes, "Hey, did you talk about me?" You know. So now I can say yes. So I said, "Damon, can you go? Can you go get the clothes of the line?" Now, in today's culture, this is the obedience we see, right? In today's culture. Imagine Damon comes back in. He goes away and he comes back into to me. And I say, Damon, just get the clothes of the lion. And Damon goes, no. Nope. But guess what, Dad? I memorized it. Yeah, let me tell it to you. Dad, go get the clothes of the lion. Is that what I want? Is that what I asked? Right? No. I want him to obey me. I want him to go get the clothes of the lion and bring it in. Damon... Go out, get the clothes, and bring it in. Okay, Dad. He goes off for a time, comes back. Damon, did you get the clothes of the line? No. But it's okay, Dad. Not only have I memorized it, I can say to you in Greek, (laughs) wow, this is mind-blowing. Like, is that what I want? That's not what I want. I want him to go and take the clothes of the Lord and bring, I want his obedience and God wants our obedience right and God wants us to obey what he has asked us in how to love God and love others as we love ourselves that's what God requires he wants our obedience he doesn't want us to quote scripture he doesn't want us to say it in greek hebrew aramaic he just wants us to obey him to be sold and light in this world to stop playing church and be church that's what he wants I spent a few days away from life. Um, as some of you know, I went away just to reflect on some things. Get my head right. Otherwise, I would, I would not be good for Renee. Um, I would be terrible for her and I wouldn't be good for you. And so I just needed to just process some things after losing Michael. Um, so that I could lead the way that I need to lead. Um, In not only my family, but with with church. And as I was sitting with God alone, I was wrestling through so many things. And I just want to share with you um, one reflection in particular. I reflected on this and I wrote and I put it on Facebook and I said, God doesn't test us to see what's in our hearts. He is God. He already knows. But God does use trials To inform us what's in our hearts. But if God brings you to it, he will walk with you through it. Even when we cannot sense his presence, God is there. Therefore, a severe trial will reveal to us the weakness or strength of our faith and the faithfulness of God. To God be the glory when i was reflecting on that was in my third year of college i looked at the, what god had called me to the church that he wanted me to raise and the church that god put on my heart was a church that will be known first and foremost for its love a love that would extend the the the, the, the outside of the building and that would inspire awe and hope in christ for those outside the church that was the church that god called me to build no matter where he sends me, that's, that's the church that I've got to try and raise. And I said to Renee, as I was thinking about how to achieve that, and then, then the, the restraints of the institutional church for us Adventist system, I could see that at some point there might be, when I have to be bold and courageous for God, that there will come a point where I would maybe clash with the institution. And so being a guy that likes to think ahead and plan ahead, I said to Renee, hey, babe, I, I need you to understand something, that there could be a, a time when me and the institution will clash. And if that happens, I'm not going to go back and do something else because I know this is what I'm called to. And I want you to know that if that happens, that I will just plant a church and build this church that God has called me to build. And she was like, okay. And I said, but that means we have to do it tough financially. We've got to you know, build from scratch um so think about it pray about it And she came back she goes you know that's okay i trust you i know you, you'll be able to pull it if that's what we have to do that i know you'll get us through it so i said that to her and i thought well now that we've lost michael i thought maybe this was the sign I, I sat there with god and i went maybe this is it this is my time now to leave and to to go and plant the church that we wanted the church that we desired and as i thought about that And I was entertaining that thought. The Holy Spirit then put on my heart, is the haven still standing? And I didn't know at first what God was talking about. But I allowed that thought to sit and I just processed it, allowed it to take me wherever it needed to take me. Is the haven still standing? And then it wasn't too long that I made the connection to Luke six forty six to 49, where it talks about the two houses, and trials will come, but only one house will stand. And the voice comes again, and it's, is the haven still standing? And I responded to God, and I said, yes, it's still standing. I remember seeing the church that was hurting, and the church that came together in community, I remember seeing the church that changed it up on the Sabbath. We didn't do business as usual. I saw a church that came together and we ate together and we supported one another. I saw a church when I came into the school and the students were hurting and broken. People that don't even go to church surrounded our kids that knew Michael and started taking them up there for prayer. Kids that don't even go to church. I saw a whole community at the school and church just pull together. And I looked up and I said to God yes the haven is still standing and then I remember my reflection but God does use trials to inform us what's in our hearts why are we still standing because we've got the right foundation church Amen. Jesus the one and only it's our foundation. It has to be. How else are we still standing? Luke talks about this context of trial and we get hit and we're still standing because we have the solid rock in Jesus Christ. Are we perfect? Hell, no. Nah. We're not perfect. Have we got it all right? No. Are we organized? We're trying to But look at the strength of our community. Isn't that good? But I want to bring this obedience closer to home. What is God calling you to obey? You see... When I think about this, I think about this moment when I had my business in Car Audio and I was loving life and and I was getting to know all these Newcastle Knights players and I bought a booth, you know, that box at the Newcastle Knights stadium that I could entertain friends and family and, and life was good. I was enjoying it. And then God has this plan and he goes, hey, I need you to go and do ministry. And I'm like, God, you're crazy. They're not the words that I use. But I said, you're crazy. I said, you, you know, I'm stumble. You know, I just, I can't speak. I can't do any of that. Well, why would you call me today? But the call was so big, you know, it became so compelling. I couldn't resist it. I had to answer with obedience and say, all right, Lord, I'm coming. And I'm here. But you see, sometimes when God is calling you for obedience and you got to let go of something, you, you look at what you got to let go. But you miss the fact that you can't see so far ahead that God's got something greater and better for you if he would just obey him. You see, I was a terrible husband. I was a terrible father. You know, addicted to whatever. Terrible. My relationship left. And the moment I, I obeyed God and answered his calling to ministry, everything switched. I became a broken sinner a sinner saved by grace now i knew how to love my wife i knew how to love my children i'm not perfect but i'm a different man than i was back then but what it took was for me to be obedient to god's call so what's god calling you to obey some of us are in a crossroads where you know that the job that you're in is causing you so much stress, causing stress on your marriage, stress on your kids, and you know you've got to leave that job. Leave it. Because you might have this, this thing that you're worried about letting go, but God has got something greater for you on the other end of your obedience. Maybe you've got something that you've got to downgrade your lifestyle. Living on a coast, it's hard. You want to try and upkeep with everybody else, have the nice house and everything like that? and maybe god's calling you to downgrade but let me tell you something if you obey god and downgrade there's something greater something better for you on the other end of your obedience you want to talk about keeping up with the Joneses? i live in wyoming it's the ghetto of the central coast make no mistake about it i get home and i hadn't worked out where to land the sermon And I said to Renee, I'm going to go get some petrol and I'm going to go sit at the park and just sit with my notepad and work out where I'm going to land. So I take my car and I park at Wyoming Park that's just down the end of my street. Sit there, thinking, praying, listening to music, writing. And I see this cop car. And I'm going, oh, he looks a bit interested in me. (laughs) These guys come into the car park, you know, these old bunch of, I won't say what nationality, but they were like, and they just eye me off and then they left. And then they came back. But this time they came and parked right at my car. <laughs> Looking at me. And I was like, you know what? I'm a pastor, but I would dust you up, man, if you come at me. <laughs> That's what I said in my head. Pastor or not, they want to step to me, man. I'm gonna. This is not the week to come at me. And then the cop car comes back. The windows are down. He says, this car next to my car. And I went, I bet you this cop thinks now we're doing a drug deal. You know? Sure enough. In. Hey, get up. I get called out of the car. And I, I didn't know, but I was, I was holding my Bible. He interrogates this car. And he looks at me. He goes, what are you doing here? And he checks the car. He goes, I'm going to search the car. Puts on his gloves, search my car. He goes, what do you do? I said, oh, I'm, I'm a pastor. You're what? I'm a pastor. What's a pastor? I'm a minister of a church. <laughs> yeah, right. Pops the boot, looks everything, you know, looks through my car and everything. And then he sees my notes and he picks up my notes and he's like, what's that in your hand? I said, it's my Bible. And these guys over here are just like, <laughs> this guy with this Commodore with my hat on, you know, because di- this guy's And I'm just looking at him. Copper, you really are a pastor. I said, yeah, I am. I said, would you like some prayer? And, and he's just like, no, 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 no I, I don't believe in that God stuff. You know? And I said, okay, that's cool. But in my mind, I thought maybe one day I'll be able to bless this copper. I don't know, you know. I don't know what it is, what God is calling you to. But I know that you've been holding on to it for so long. And God is calling you to obedience. But on the other end of your obedience is something greater. See, what holds us back as Christians is that we look at obedience when it comes to God and we think it's legalism. But it's not legalism. Obeying God is not legalism. Obeying God is love. Let's pray. Gracious Father in heaven, Jesus, your only Son and eternal Spirit. Lord, we want to thank you for your faithfulness to us. We want to thank you for your your love that's never failing. We want to thank you that at a time of grief, of losing one of our own, that you are able to show up, that you are able to comfort, strengthen And deepen our relationships with you. And so Lord, I just marvel at your goodness at such a time as trials. And we just want to bless your holy name. Lord, now that we have experienced this trial and you have informed us that we have the right foundation. Which is your son Jesus Christ. May we now move forward in obedience as a community. To build this place to be such a light that will lead people to the opportunity of spending eternity with you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. We love you so much. In Jesus' name. Amen.